Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. Let's move into this part of the service. Um, Wow. Hey, congratulations. You guys are the very first people to ever experience me doing this. (laughs) It's very kind. I am a person, I get nervous, but I get nervous. Like my worst part of nervousness is about two minutes into it. So if I go down... I'll be all right. It'll, the adrenaline will work its way through, and then I'll come back up. <sighs> okay. So, you know my name, Cindy. Glenn asked me to speak. He is down in California um, speaking at a church uh, that is pastored by some friends of his. Donna, are they, were, they youth, uh, were they youth kiddos at one point for him or no? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he used to be their youth pastor, and he's speaking at their church now, which is really cool. So anyway, all right, first let's just pray. I'm just going to breathe deeply and allow God to (laughs) calm, calm me. Lord, thank you for, again, for just your presence here. It's, It's already felt. It's already here. You've already spoken. And Lord, thank you for this opportunity. I pray that whatever you want to bring, to bring encouragement and life, in our life that you'd speak that this morning. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to be speaking on um, standing, how to stand. And uh, this is, uh, as a precursor, nobody get too worried also if I just start crying, because that's just my default. I cry, so I'm I'm good. Um, So standing. Um, I thought about using a, a visual of having like Dawn come up here and stand and then I just shove her over and see if she can, you know, pick herself back up. But that didn't, that, that, I decided not to do that. But if you think about standing, you have to, you know, your weight needs to be distributed, distributed in the right way, right? You just, you have to, if you know something's going to come and knock you over, you prepare for it, right? You'd stabilize yourself. Well, God's been talking to me about the importance of being able to stand in a storm. And um, I'm going to leak. And I'm not a pretty crier either, so sorry about that. Um, that's when the mask is actually really handy for me. I've actually enjoyed that part of it. Um, so standing um, in the middle of a storm. So we've all experienced different kinds of storms in our life that happen. Sometimes they're way bigger than other times. Sometimes they're quick and they're over fast. And sometimes the damage that's in those storms are minor. Sometimes the damage is a lot and takes a long time to work through and to uh, recover from. But um, 
we've had storms and we're, we're going to have more storms in our life. It's just going to happen. So I feel like God really wants to strengthen us to be able to stand in those storms. And there's tools that we can have at our disposal that will help us when the storms land on us that we can, their go-tos. And I feel like God's really wanting us to have those tools be automatic behaviors already in our life so that it's muscle memory that we go there instead of it being a, now I'm on the ground, I'm flat, I've been ran over, now what do I do? So before we get to that point, what, what's our reaction going to be when that storm comes from out of nowhere? So um, first, um, uh, standing. Um, I feel like God has been talking to me about standing, obviously. Standing um, positions us to be able to experience his supernatural power in a way that we don't experience it in other places. So choosing to stand in the middle of really hard stuff gives opportunity for us to know who he is in a different way, in a powerful way that later on we can draw from to stand stronger in a bigger storm. Um, Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock. And he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. And that's another amazing thing about us standing is that other people get to see who God is, even though they're not in the same storm. When they face a storm, they're going to see how God was faithful for us. Psalm 91, which is one of my favorites. You guys have all heard me read part of this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. And then Ephesians 6, which we've all heard a lot lately, but I'm going to read it anyway, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Another important thing I'm learning is that the storms that come, a lot of times there's people connected to them, their choices, maybe their attitudes, whatever it is, but that's not where the battle is. The battle isn't against that person. The enemy wants to take us out. And the place to battle in those storms is spiritual. It's not the people. It's the spirit realm. And so to be reminded of this with this scripture, that it's a spiritual, it's always spiritual, you guys. I don't care what it is. There is a spiritual component to whatever those storms and difficulties are that you can lean into and draw life and health and hope and vision and anticipation for what God's doing if you move into that space and ask God to speak to you in that spot. Um, Our ability to stand and to trust God is directly related to our experience of him. Um, If we don't know God very well, it's going to be really hard to trust him and 
big giant storms, is that me? Sorry. And big giant storms because we doubt and we don't, we don't know him. And so it was interesting to kind of draw a correlation between my response in a storm and being able to stand is directly related to how well I know him. And so part of my challenge this morning is to encourage, to ask God to just reveal who he is to you all the time. So you can always keep getting new layers of his love, new layers of understanding who he is and who he can be for you. Um, a little back history on me. A lot of you guys already know this, especially if we've done any women's Bible studies together. So repeat for some of you. Um, well, as a kid, I did. I used to dream of um, being one of those awesome, mighty people out of the, especially out of the Old Testament that was able to stand and see miracles happen. So, you know, Noah and David, Moses, Daniel, Joseph, you know, you can name a slew of the people and you read the stories of how God's faithfulness was there. But if you look at what their choices were, they chose to stand. They chose to stand and believe who God was and not waver and allow God to come in the middle of their storm and be the one that took them through that storm. So I wanted to be like them, but I definitely struggled with a lot of insecurity and fear. Um, I grew up in a house, uh, I was the youngest of three, so I was the typical baby and got away with a lot. And I hope my siblings aren't watching. No, they're not, I know they're not. Um, Those of you that know my daughter, Rachel, she and, our, she and I are really, really similar. And so as she was growing up as the baby and a fiery personality, which I also have the blessing of, um, we butted heads a lot through her childhood. And, but it was interesting to see because God spoke to me and told me that that fiery personality, that tenaciousness, that creativity, that the fight that she had was for a reason. And there were days I locked myself in the garage and cried because I didn't want to be angry and act out at her because I didn't know how to discipline her. Sorry, Rachel, if you're watching this. I did not plan on talking about you. But the blessing in all of those years of the really big arguments was that God revealed himself to me of who he wants to be for her, how he made her. And I know we're different, but there's enough similarities that I began to break down like my own wall that didn't believe that he could use me to do whatever he wanted to do in this world, if that makes any sense at all. I was able to see her personality enough to, to say, I want everything that God has for this little person. Well, that's how God sees me too, right? So my insecurities from growing up, which I will tell you about in in an abusive and destructive home, I began to see that, whoa, wait a minute. I want everything that God has for Rachel to be able to function to the highest of the calling that he has on her life. That's how God feels when he sees me. And how many places have I just shut down and hidden away from because of my own insecurities, because of my own hurt, and because of my own misunderstanding of who I am in him. So back to me. Uh, Okay. So youngest of three, um, 
my father was a was an alcoholic for a lot of my young years and a very abusive, angry, um, rage-filled atmosphere is what my home was filled with. And so it felt very unstable. Um, I counted how many times we moved before I graduated high school was 12. So we moved a lot because of the insecurity, the, the instability um, financially and just with him as a person. Um, in that process growing up, I experienced uh, different kinds of storms as a, as a young person that was related to mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Um, and I never saw any personal justice for any of the ones that related directly to me for those people. So if you grow up in a, a space like that, you come out on the other side pretty beat up and pretty wounded and with a really uh, poor view of who you think you are. So then I, 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 I lived with some amazing people that were very godly and walked me through a ton of, of healing and um, gave me tools to forgive and how to move forward. And that could be another whole sermon. But my, I just wanted to share that to say that like my, my, you know, my, I guess, personality and just who I was growing up came out of that kind of a setting. My mom loved the Lord with all of her heart. She took us to church all the time. I was at church multiple times a week, and I did learn who God was because of that. I experienced God's power and his presence multiple times and being prayed for, God healing me in different situations. Um, one really cool memory that I have is my mom used to take us a lot to um, what would be like a conference now. So they were like evangel evangelistic meetings and there'd be a speaker and there'd be hundreds of people. And sometimes they, the, the venues were kind of either outside or they just had a roof, but the walls were all open. So it was kind of open air. A lot of times it, the, the, the floor was um, like bark chips and then big, heavy pews, you know, it's like just the whole typical old camp meeting kind of look. Okay. So I grew up going to those for years and years and years. And I obviously I'd get tired. I was a little kid and I would lay down under the pew and fall asleep as whoever was speaking would be speaking. And usually there was stomping and screaming and yelling going on just because of that's how the services were. But what I'm so grateful for is that I would wake up towards the end of the service to them having ministry time. And so I'm laying on the floor. If you think of a little kid laying on the ground underneath the pew, my view under the pew, which we always sat near the front, I could see the feet of all of these people crowded up front getting prayer. I would feel the rumble of the Holy Spirit just like coming down like this heavy, beautiful, but powerful presence. And then I would see from my perspective under the pew, looking forward, I would see people that would fall down under the presence of God. Then I was face to face to them because they're laying on the ground, right? So I have this total memory of all of these experiences of watching God move in that way as a small child. So I'm, I'm saying all of that to just say, even though my home was a disaster place, 
God still revealed himself to me as a small child and gave me the ability to draw on him, knowing that he's real, knowing that he's present and knowing that he's faithful, even though I was in this other crazy life in my house. Um, I, um, I had multiple experiences um, as a very young child. I know God really marked me for worship at a very young age. And um, I remember asking God to live in my heart when I was three. Um, I remember later just God, um, his Holy Spirit speaking to me and giving me the ability to pray in the spirit for people at about five. Um, I remember sitting on my swing set by myself, just crying, 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 because that's what I do. Crying, crying, feeling the presence of God while I was singing just songs from church, songs from Sunday school. But he met me on my swing set, you guys. I'm this little kid, and I live in a house that's fearful and full of rage and terror. And I'd go on my swing set, and God would meet me on my swing set because he loved me so much. He would meet me on my swing set, and I'd feel his presence while I would just sit there and sing worship songs. So I got to know him in those spaces, even though I was really, really little. Now I can't see. Um... Um, I had a few dreams uh, that were really um, cool encounters with the Lord, one of which was, uh, I remember going through a season that I was very, <laughs> thanks, Don. Um, that was very, uh, I was really, really afraid for whatever reason. I don't remember all the details. There were a lot of those times. But I had this dream one time of God, um, just uh, of Jesus coming, and I'm this little kid, probably like eight or something, and I'm, I'm walking in this, on these rolling hills with these beautiful flowers everywhere. And we're just, he's holding my hand, you know, like a parent and a child would. And we're just, we're just walking through the flowers. And I remember that the, um, the encounter that I had with him in that dream, I can still feel it now. Like it was, that was, that was a long time ago because I'm, I'm old. I'm not as old as Glenn, but I'm still old. And so eight, eight-ish years old was a long time ago. Um, and so that was another time where, where God just, he gave me that connection. And so the reason I say that is now I have a visual aid because I'm a tactile person and I like visual things. So raise your hand if you know what Plato is. Oh, good. Most people know what Plato is. Okay. So I had a hard time finding this, by the way. And I really wanted to find Silly Putty, but I couldn't find it. So this is brand new Play-Doh. And when you open up brand new Play-Doh, it's soft. It's so, it's wonderful. It's soft and pliable. You can push whatever you want in it. You can cut it. You can stick it in those machines and squish it and have it come out the other end. You can, it's wonderful. Um, when, you, when you leave it out, it gets harder. And this isn't quite as hard as I thought it would be. I left it out for like a day, but it's still not too hard, but it starts to get crusty on the outside. And then you have to really work it, work it to get it to be pliable again, to do stuff with. Well, so I know I'm kind of silly, but God gave me this little picture of when you're young and not (laughs) tainted and messed up by the world yet, um, 
Like our hearts are soft and they're pliable and he can easily create an imprint, an imprint on our heart. And he reminded me as I was thinking about all of this, that when I was little, it was so easy for him to put imprints on my heart so that I could, I could, I could feel and sense and know and see his love. And so I guess the point of all of this is when we are not, when we get older, things, you know, make us crusty. But <laughs> when we're not in the Lord's presence, when we don't spend time with him, the crusty shells begin to kind of form on us. And sometimes if we, if there's enough time that goes by where we haven't lended our heart and our mind and our time to sit with him and to hear from him and be led by him, be loved by him. Sometimes there's enough of a hardness around us that he has to use tools to get in there and break it open and get in there. He can do it. It's just, it takes more effort for, for us to feel it and to, to sense it and to know it. So my point, I guess, is to ask the Lord to help you to have a soft, imprintable spirit and heart. Because he has imprints that he still wants to put in your life that are going to be places that you can draw from when the storms come. That makes any sense at all. So imprints. Okay. Um, another imprint that was uh, enormous for me as, as an adult, I went to a women's conference and I didn't realize, um, I thought that I had already prayed through, forgiven, and been healed from all, I was going to say a bad word, from all stuff that had happened in my life that had uh, created um, false views of who I was and who God was. And so I went several years thinking, I'm done. I'm good. I'm healed. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. I don't know what everybody else's problems are. And God woke me up one day and I realized that really I was holding back from him. This was probably 15 years ago or so that I was, I was sheltering, shielding myself from him and not actually surrendered to him. And I kind of had a little run around with him for a little while. And then I realized I really, okay, I really am doing that. So I'm at a women's retreat or conference, a service. And I was finally able to come to this point where I said, okay, God, I, I want you to come do whatever you want in me more than the fear I've been walking around with wondering if I'm going to look really silly or stupid if I let your presence really be unleashed on me. Does that make sense? So I'd, I'd pray, I'd, I'd be involved, totally involved with worship, but there were places in my, in, inside of me that I was holding because I wasn't sure what it was going to look like when the dam broke open. Well, God heard my willingness to surrender and he just, he, he, unleashed on me, which was so cool. The experience, he just, my face was pressed into the ground. Basically, I couldn't get up physically. I was did the weight and I just, I balled my face off for at least an hour, maybe more. And then, and then, I don't know, my, my muscles were not working the way they were supposed to. And just I, my physical body was so um, overtaken by his presence that it just, 
It was crazy. And I, I walked around for probably two days like I was drunk. Like I couldn't, I couldn't function properly. <laughs> I had friends had to drive me home and stuff. I, it, was, it was interesting. But the whole point of that is just to say that his power, when he invades us, brings unleashed freedom and healing. And there were places inside of me when he came on me like that, that he brought healing to some stuff that I didn't even know I needed. But I was a completely different person after that. I wouldn't be up here doing this if that probably, if that hadn't happened. Um, So allowing God to just have freedom to move and, and, unleash whatever he wants in us and through us whenever whenever you feel the unction like to say okay god i feel like i need to surrender to you just let go and let him do whatever he wants cuz he he's better than any therapy therapists are fabulous i love them love them love them but his presence does a lot of years worth of therapy all in about a second Okay, um, I am going to uh, read Romans 8. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither... I think I skipped, sorry, neither height nor depth, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this scripture, when we are feeling, when we're feeling doubt that we're lovable, when we're feeling doubt that God can reach us for whatever reason it is, if it's our own choices that have separated us from feeling his love, whether it's other people's choices that have separated us, nothing can truly separate us. From the love of God. He loves us no matter what. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation or storm, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all of my understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Another point that God has highlighted to me is, I recently got hit with a storm that I didn't know was coming. Sometimes we know they're coming and sometimes we don't know they're coming. But it is a big one. And when you're in this swirling, overwhelming feeling in your brain, how do I fix this? What am I supposed to do? You're cognitively trying to solve whatever those things are that are related to that storm. It's overwhelming. Because if you don't have the answers to that, it's overwhelming. And the Lord quieted me and he said, just pick an attribute of me, of who I am. And look at that. And you guys, I'm telling you, that is miraculous. When you're overwhelmed by the stresses and by the 
things that are out of your control, things that might be um, life-threatening, literally. Focusing on who God is, even if it's only on one directive of who he is, one particular attribute of him, his faithfulness, his love, whatever it is that you grab a hold of, because it changes your focus from the swirling wind and flying objects to God. Um, and sometimes that's all we can do is find one thing to look at because things are so overwhelming. So that is another tool that God spoke to me that I think is really valuable. Um, Joshua 1.9, one of my favorite verses be strong and courageous. Do not be ter- or do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go, wherever you go. That means there's nowhere that you go, even in the middle of the storm. There's nowhere you go that He's not there. He's there. He's in all of it. Um. I looked up the word standing uh, or word stand, and I know I've done this lots of times. I love definitions of things to kind of ponder. And Webster's Dictionary, it says, to take up or maintain a specific position or posture. So that means uh, taking it up, choosing to be there, and not moving from it. So we stand and we wait and we trust and we know that God is at work. And standing is, I think, God's trying to say that it's so, so, so important that we learn how to stand and not, and not be blown all, all over the place. Um, a couple quick uh, other things. Uh, how do we stand? Prayer, obviously prayer, right? Um, call on the mighty name of Jesus. He's there in the middle of the situation. Ask for his view, There's another thing. Ask for his view. His view is not what our view is. Like I see this tiny little section, right? That's overwhelming. He sees this whole picture of not only just the globe, but of all eternity. He knows what was here and he knows what's yet to come. He knows the whole picture and he's not bound by the things we're bound by. So ask for his perspective. And then we step back and we say, okay, I'm going to trust you because you know more than I do in this. You know beyond the two steps or the three steps, if I can think that far, of what's going to happen, you know beyond that. And I'm going to put my trust in the same God that was back in the beginning of everything and in the present is the same God that's going to be there in the future. He's still working through all of it on my behalf. And I put my trust in where we're going because he knows where I'm going to be. He's, he's there. He's moving. He's working. Um, and gather people if you need people around you. You know, there's strength in people helping you stand. Um, declaring who God is. We kind of talked about, about that, but knowing, knowing who he is to declare who he is. Journaling. You guys, journal, journal, journal. Even if it's on your phone with notes, you know, your grocery list, whatever. Because when storms come you're like blind and you can't see. And so the references that you're able to pull back on and see God's faithfulness are life-giving. They will give you oxygen to be able to breathe and to begin to see 
his life again. Journal. I really can't, I can't stress that enough. Journal words from other people, words from God, um, things he speaks to you in scripture, um, history, his, your history, other people's history, journal, journal. Um, Hebrews says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Malachi three says, I, the Lord do not change. Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the stories in scripture that pull out the character of who God is, we can take that character that we see of his faithfulness, his goodness, and his power and apply it to our own lives and our own storms. And then worship. For me, worshiping the Lord for who he is and just allowing his presence to come and sit on me gives me life in my spirit to be able to walk through any storm that comes my way. So worship, worship, worship. Um, Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And in all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight or he will direct your paths, depending on which version you're looking at. Zechariah 4 not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Um, we must uh, shift our trust uh, for whatever the situation is over to trusting in, the, in God's wisdom and power and sovereignty surrounding us in his, for his will and his way. I looked up the word sovereignty too, because it's kind of a big word. And I looked it up and it's much simpler than I thought it was. Um, unlimited power, supreme power, freedom from external control. So that's pretty amazing. It sounds to me like there's nothing that would be outside of God's sovereignty. And so that's another thing to ponder so that we can trust in him and know that he is able, he is able, he is able to walk us through whatever that storm is. Um, then um, I also felt like God kind of gave me this picture of that focusing on the storm, it causes us to lose our balance, which I thought, well, that's kind of funny because the whole thing is stand, right? Let's stand. So when we focus on the circumstances in the storm, we lose our balance. And God, over and over and over again in Scripture, says to look at him, not the storm. So my whole, I guess, I want to just encourage you guys to, to really ask the Lord to show you how to apply standing, knowing who he is, and trusting that who he is is going to walk you through that storm. So whether you're in one or whether one it has yet to show up and you get to use these tools. Um, that's really basically, I think, everything I had to share. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, 
please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you next week.